when I count friends, um, Ken Baker's at the top of that list. And so he's going to come preach for us today. Can you do this for me this morning? Um, will, you just, will you just take the next few minutes and say, God, I want to hear. I want to hear what God is doing in the Bronx. I want to hear what you have from your word this morning as Pastor Ken uh, brings us to work. Can we welcome him this morning? Welcome, Keystone. It's so good to be here for your Mission Sunday, and I just am so incredibly grateful for the partnership uh, that we've uh, had these last uh, few years, and so grateful for Josh and Sarah and their friendship, and as, as your pastor said, so many memories that we share together. The best thing about that moment on Broadway, other than us cuddling for two and a half hours together, was the $11 box of M&Ms that we shared. And, and uh, that, was, that was quite the memory. Uh, but but I, I think that all things Phantom of the Opera have, have left New York City now. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm much happier about that. I, I've just, I've looked forward to this uh, for, for a number of months and, and grateful that uh, God has even allowed me to to travel and to be with you. I've gone through some uh, back surgery a few uh, months ago and, and just haven't been able to, to really travel or move around and, and just thankful for strength today that I could even stand here and, and be with you. And I, I wanted to personally say thank you to you. Uh, this is a big Sunday. This is a big deal. Uh, you, many of you have sacrificed uh, on behalf of our family, uh, our ministry, for the sake of the gospel, you, you've partnered with us, and tonight uh, I'll share a little bit more. I think you'll be able to see some of the faces, uh, that, that lives that God is changing uh, in the Bronx, and, and I'm just, I'm thankful that we get to serve the Lord together, and uh, what a privilege it was just to be here with you and to worship with you. I, I enjoy, I have enjoyed following the journey of your church uh, on social media and through uh, your pastor, uh, but but to, able, to be able to experience it, just absolutely incredible. And Tim, just, I mean, seeing the, the, the worship team and, and how, how special it was just to gather in the presence of God today and, and praise his name. What a thrill. Uh, what an honor it is to be here. I'm going to read today several verses from 2 Corinthians in chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians in chapter number 4 is where I'm going to uh, read today, and uh, uh, you can follow along. The Bible says, therefore, we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. It says, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I'm going to pray right there, and we're uh, going to look at this text for a few minutes this morning. Father, I do ask that you would uh, bless as we open your word. We thank you for the privilege of us gathering together in your name today. And, and Lord, we thank you for this vital, this important uh, day as we uh, look at uh, missions, and we, 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 we see uh, uh, the opportunity we have to advance the gospel, and Lord, would you be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thirteen years ago, as a matter of fact, it was thirteen years ago today 
that we held our first service, the Victory Baptist Church in the Bronx. And uh, we, when we were uh, preparing to launch our church, it was just my family at the time, as my wife and I and our three children, and uh, we, we, we knew moving to the Bronx that uh, things were going to cost a lot more. And, and we were in for rude awakening when we initially moved there. As a matter of fact, I looked at dozens and dozens and dozens of buildings and, and uh, was, was just asking God, is this the right one? And everyone just seemed to be a dead end. And we just couldn't even find a building that we could afford. And, and after searching for a long period of time and just dead ends and, and not finding the place to meet, uh, w- one day I was uh, driving through a section of the Bronx called Throg's Neck and literally I just needed a restroom. And uh, I walked into a veteran's building, a veteran's hall, and uh, God uh, uh, opened that door for us and that became the place where our church started. And, and we were there for several years. And, and as a matter of fact, our, our, that building was located right on the Long Island Sound. And we were there for a couple of years. And, and God blessed. And we saw people saved. And, and our church began to grow. And it's a very small building. Uh, just a, basically one room. It was rented out throughout the week. And then we turned it into our our, 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 our sanctuary where we met for, for worship on Sunday. And uh, as the church began to grow, we, we didn't have any money. We didn't have any savings. We, didn't have, we weren't able to take that next step, but we were just praying and asking God to, to lead us. In that moment, uh, we as a church were paying $1,200 a month uh, for rent, and it was all we could just to, just to keep that up. And uh, we, we began to look at buildings and, and looking at options to purchase, looking at other buildings that we could rent. And, and uh, uh, it just seemed like dead end, dead end, dead end. Uh, but, but the church was growing. And then about two years in, we, we went through a season where we went through challenges as a church. And, and uh, several families, they, they left. And it was a tough, it was a difficult, it was a discouraging, it was a it was, a, it was a, a lonely and a painful time uh, for our family. And, and, and again, the church was very new at the time, and several people had left, left and those seats had become vacant, and we stopped uh, looking for a new building. It was in the uh, fall of 2012 that, as a matter of fact, your pastor uh, preached uh, our friend day that, uh, that day. Uh, it was, uh, some of you may remember, it's, it's hard to believe, it's been 11 years now, Hurricane Sandy that hit New York City. And uh, Pastor Josh preached uh, Friend Day uh, for us, and, and he wasn't even able to leave. I think he had to drive home uh, because all flights were grounded and, and uh, rented a car and just, just to get home. And we had no idea what was coming. And, and uh, Hurricane Sandy hit, and because that veterans building was right on the water, uh, the, the water rose about 11 feet into the building and blew a, a hole in the bottom of the building. Uh, I guess it was 20 or 30 feet wide, and, and that veterans building was uh, condemned, and we were no longer able to, to hold services, and it was like, where do we go next? What's our next step? Uh, you know, we had been looking at buildings, and, and just every option uh, had been a no, a no, a no, and, and no doors were open for us at all. 
And then Sandy hit, and where do we go? Where do we call home? And at the time, that building was tucked away uh, in, in a place that was not visible. Uh, traffic didn't go, go past there. And uh, God led us to a building just a few blocks from there in the very same neighborhood, but in a very visible location, a bigger building. And, uh, but this building uh, was uh, uh, 50 I'm sorry, $4,500 a month. And, and we were in that moment just making it, paying $1,200 a month. And this new building was $4,500 a month. And they needed uh, three months up front, two months plus that, that month's rent to be able to, to move into that building. And in just the most miraculous way, uh, God led us as a church to sign that lease and in three days we had the money that we needed not only uh, to sign that lease but to renovate that building and, and within seven days of Hurricane Sandy hitting we were worshiping in our new home and we called that church home for the next three years and uh, it was it was it was just amazing to see the way God provided and and and, and you know we 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 were just making it in that first building and then God grew us, but he grew us in his time. And we saw people saved, and we were seeing lives changed, and just, just seeing God bless. And we fulfilled that three-year lease in building number two, and then it was time to move again. And uh, we, were, we were growing, and we had just burst out the seams of, of that uh, building, and, and we were asking God and praying. And down the street, there was a, uh, it was an auto parts store that had just closed, and they were, they were renting their, uh, uh, offering to rent their facility. And a miraculous story that I don't have time to share all the details. Uh, but for, for us, for, for, it was an auto parts store, but for us it felt like a coliseum based on where we were meeting. I mean, it was just a, a massive space for us. Our, our auditorium is 3,000 square feet. And, and, and again, it just for, for New York, absolutely incredible. And uh, the, the owner, he, he rented the building to us, but we knew that we would have to totally gut and remodel the building. And he said, we're going to sign the lease now, but you don't owe us any money until six months into this, uh, 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 for the next six months, because I want to give you time to get out of your building, to renovate this building, and, and God just provided, and God provided the materials, and God provided the money, and, 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 and God continued to bless and then we were in that building for the next three years. And my wife and I, at the end of that three years, went through a difficult time. She had just gone through a, a miscarriage. She had carried a baby for six months. And as a matter of fact, my sister was getting married. Our children were in the wedding. And so they had all flown to Chicago to be a part of that wedding. And my wife and I were home that weekend alone. And, and I was just crying. And, and, and my wife was crying. And we were hurting. And and uh, we had, I mean, to this point in our ministry, we had paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in rent and, and you know, and I had not really saved. We had a little savings as a church, but not much. And, and hadn't really thought about that next step. That just wasn't on my mind. Now, I'll never forget holding my wife's hand, uh, sitting on the couch, and that, that weekend in June in 2018, I got a call from the owner of our, that building that we were in. And he said, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older now and I'm, I'm wanting to sell the building and I want to give you the right of first refusal. 
And that's great, except that we had talked to banks, and no one wants to loan a church money, and no one wants to loan a church money that doesn't have any money. And, uh, and, and so I, I said, you know, it's very nice. Uh, you know, it's just it's a bad time. It's a tough week. And he said, well, before you hang up, he said, I just want you to know that I want to hold the mortgage for you. I want to be the bank. And, uh, and he, he, the building at the time was worth uh, $1.4 million. And he said, we, we, I want to offer it to you for $950,000. And, and all of a sudden, I listened a little more intently. And he said, what we need is we need $150,000 down. We'll give you six months to get that. And if so, we'll write this mortgage. And uh, so we began to pray on that. We believed that God was leading us in that direction. At the time, our church had $18,000 in the bank. Six months later, when we needed $150,000, we gave $210,000 down, and by God's grace, we signed the, le the mortgage on that building, and, and God has provided. And it just, it's been an incredible opportunity where we've seen people saved. And, and, and just, yeah, I mean, in the inner city of, of the Bronx, in New York City, miraculously that's why when you when we are singing today about God's greatness Tim it just my heart is overwhelmed because it's not just songs we sing it's it's who he is God is so good God is so incredibly great he does exceeding abundantly above what any of us can ever ask or think and praise the Lord for the ministry that God has called my family to serve him in. But I want you to acknowledge this today as well. If you are saved, you have a ministry. And that ministry is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a ministry that brings salvation through faith in Jesus. A ministry that brings hope through the promise of eternal life. As we just read in verse 1 of our text today, that's the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus is a responsibility that every single one of us have. And what an honor it is that God has given us this ministry, his ministry, his message, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And to think what an honor it is that God would allow you and I to partner together, to have a part in sharing his gospel that ought to overwhelm every single one of us with the purpose that we have in our lives. Too many Christians today are overwhelmed with sin and uh, shame and guilt and mistakes of their past, and they, they've convinced themselves that God's mad at them and God's given me the silent treatment. And Paul here in our text is sharing this overwhelming feeling that God values me. And, and look at verse number seven. He says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Uh, he treasured the, the ministry uh, of the gospel. I mean, of all people, of all failures, we, we could talk about the Apostle Paul and just the, his track record of, of who he was before he came to Christ. And he, he said, what an honor. God's mercy is so incredibly great that he's given me this ministry. Now, what a treasure it is. There's the same Apostle Paul that wrote to the Romans. He said, I am a debtor, or I owe it. In other words, we as those that are saved owe the gospel of Jesus Christ 
to those who have never heard of his amazing grace. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Talking about himself, God being the potter, you and I today being the clay. He says, I'm just an earthen vessel. I'm, I'm just a jar of clay. But to think that God would use us, what an incredible thought that God would allow you and I to be carriers of his amazing uh, 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 message. What a treasure. We have to think that God would use me. And aren't you thankful today that God uses broken people like you and I? Uh, to think that we have this ministry is something that we should treasure. And in our text, Paul reminds us of several important things about sharing the gospel. The first one is we have received mercy. We have received mercy. You know, there are some that minister, but to them it's simply a talent show. There are some that minister, but to them it's a, it's a competition. Or some that minister, but to them it's just convenience. If they can fit it into their schedule, but, but no commitment whatsoever required. Or, 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 or maybe it's just something that they do. But until we grasp the love of God, and fully understand that we have received mercy. God has saved me. My sins are covered in the blood of Jesus. Heaven is my home. Jesus is with me. I'm just a stranger and a foreigner on this earth until we realize who we are and everything that we have is because of God's amazing grace. When we come to the point that we understand, I deserve hell. I should have hung on the cross. I should be the one that, that, that should pay for my sins. But because of the amazing mercy of Jesus, God is so incredibly good to me. I have this ministry. I get to share the gospel gospel of Jesus Christ. In the Bronx, we could stereotype. We could list the sins. We could talk about the crime. We could uh, blame the politicians. We could uh, pile on the educational system and blame the media and talk about today all the failures that are in the city. But the reality is it is only because of God's incredible mercy that any one of us has the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not better than anyone else. I know that in me, the Bible says, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. He says that we minister for God because of the mercy of God. And we need to be reminded today that if you are saved, if you have received the name of Christ, you have experienced love and mercy. And that ought to motivate us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why Paul would later write in this very same letter at Corinth, the love of Christ constraineth us. And I'm here today to tell you that working in the inner city has its challenges. It can be messy at times. Drug addictions, challenges, sin, crime, pain. I mean, I mean, we could just list sins and problems all morning long. The influences of media and culture stronger and weightier than ever before. But why is it that we, we give ourselves 
for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why do we, why do we, we do these things? Why do we, as a church, gather together on a Sunday like this and just talk about partnering with missions and, and, and getting the gospel around the world? The only pure motivation for that is the mercy of God in our lives. We have experienced the love of God and that ought to impact us others with the love of Jesus Christ. But here's the problem. Until we fully grasp the love of God, we lack the motivation that we need to share the gospel and to partner to get the gospel to the people that so desperately need to hear it. And it is then that people will burden us. And it is then that, that problems will weigh us down. And for me, urban ministry will overwhelm us and stress us out and people will annoy us. But can I say today, God doesn't just want us to be busy. God doesn't just want us to be uh, uh, doing ministry stuff. He wants us to have an authentic relationship with Jesus so that we can influence others to do the very same thing. Let me give you the second thing that I see in this text. We, we, number two, we faint not. We faint not. Paul is very transparent as he writes this letter. He says in verse 1, we faint not. 2 Corinthians reveals to us that this is uh, some of the darkest days in the Apostle Paul's life. And there's a group of people in the church at Corinth that don't like Paul. And they've said some malicious things about him. And, and, and Paul is facing some health issues. And people have tried to, to, to even take the Apostle Paul's life. And, and, and this is a downtime. By the way, no one has ever said that serving the Lord is a cakewalk. No one has ever said that, 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 that following Christ and, and, and doing his will is, is going to be easy. In 2020, we know that all that happened with the pandemic and in New York City, things began to shutting down. And I was preparing that spring to run the Boston Marathon. And Jim shut down. And, and the one thing that I could do was I ran. And unfortunately, I ran too much. And, uh, and, and, and tore a tendon in my foot. And I was in a, a walking boot for uh, about three or four months, just incredibly intense pain. And, and the, the doctors kept thinking that, that it was going to heal, and it never healed. And finally, they came to the conclusion that July that we needed to operate. And, and uh, he said it's going to be several months rehab. And, and uh, so I, I went through the surgery, very, very painful. And, and, and I told the church, I'm going to commit to this rehab and I'm, I'm going to get better and I'm going to come back stronger. And two months after this, or two weeks after the surgery, uh, so much of the wobbling that I had done and limping on, my, on that walking boot, I herniated a disc in my back and, and that disc was just shoving against a, a nerve in my lower back. And if you've ever dealt with that type of pain, it was just absolutely intense. It just it never let up, excruciating pain excruciating pain in my uh, right foot and excruciating pain in my lower back and and, and then uh, uh, I, I'm trying to compensate and use only my left leg and somehow using my left leg I, I tore a tendon right here above my knee and my my left quad and and uh, and so I'm what I'm trying to do is is trying to guard my back because it hurts so bad and I can't walk on either legs but in so doing what I did was I locked up my neck and hurt my neck so incredibly 
incredibly bad that I couldn't move her to the left or right. And, and I was trapped. And I, I mean, I, I couldn't walk on this leg. I couldn't walk on that leg. I couldn't sit because of my back. I couldn't lay down because of my, my, my neck. And I mean, as a church, we're, we're trying to figure this thing out with the pandemic and, and all that's happening. And I'm just physical therapy and doctor's offices and challenges and I'm telling the doctors things aren't getting better and when they go and they they look at my back and they're like oh you know we found something on your on your kidneys and it looks to be cancerous and so we we stopped everything else and had to to go through these tests and, and challenges and months and months and months of just incredible pain and and I was discouraged I mean heavy 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 discouragement it was a road that I walked down that I'd never been on before And I needed to hear this verse. We faint not. We got to keep going. And no one ever said it's going to be easy. And I could testify today of challenges that we went through as a family in New York City. Heartbreaks. Incredible, difficult family challenge when Mackenzie found out she had type 1 diabetes. Three different occasions my, my wife carried a baby for a number of months and then miscarried. One day we got a, 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 a phone call from our landlord we were living. He said his, the, the home that we were living in, he was being foreclosed on and we had 30 days to get out. And challenges. I've got a file in my office for fines that I got for things that I didn't know existed. Uh, I mean, just burdens and bureaucracy and red tape and, and, and challenges. And, but, but understand, what we need to, to realize is, is that we got to keep going. We, it, it's necessary that, we, that we, we keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, we faint not. We faint not. Very quickly, let me show you the third thing that I see in our, in our text today, and that's this. We have this treasure. We have this treasure. Let me read for you verse number five. It says, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of his glory of God, the face of Jesus Christ. I'll be honest with you today. My flesh is just an absolute mess. My flesh wants to take inventory of stuff and things that I have and hobbies that I enjoy and the life that I want to live. Every single day, I battle the flesh. There's so much concern in our world right now over the the economy, the the value of a dollar, the cost of gasoline, the, the, the cost of groceries, and protecting our investments and preparing for the future. The verse number seven, it tells us, it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And this passage teaches us today that far greater than stuff that we purchased or things that we've saved is the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This past fall, I went through another series of of, uh, 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 health problems, as I mentioned, and I won't go into tell all the story, but I... It was just, it was all I could do to get up and, 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 and preach because of just the pain I was in, both before and, and the recovery after my surgery. We had a friend day. We, uh, we didn't have Pastor Josh come for this friend day. We fired him after uh, our building collapsed the last time he was there. But uh, we, we had a friend day, and many people in our church invited guests. I didn't find this out until much later. 
but uh, there was a lady uh, that, uh, uh, as, a, as a, she was a young adult, she was in her early 20s, that uh, she was struggling in her marriage. And she had married a Muslim man, and she just knew there was something more, and just family oppression and challenges. And she had been just Googling God, the Bible, the church, different things like that. And, and she showed up with her husband uh, uh, at our service that friend day this past November. And I don't have time today to tell the entire story, but I didn't find out until two or three months later. And they had been attending our services, uh, but, but again, it was just difficult for me to even interact with people because of the pain that I was in. And I didn't find out until later that it was in that friend day service that she trusted Christ as a savior, that he trusted Christ as a savior, Right now, while we're sitting here in Durham, North Carolina, they're worshiping Jesus in the Bronx. They're, uh, in three weeks, uh, is going to be their second wedding anniversary. And they said they want to honor God with their lives. And they've asked me, as just a newly married couple, to perform, uh, to perform the ceremony for them as they, they, they renew their vows in their early 20s. And as they just want God to be the centerpiece of their home. Only the gospel can do that. Only God can do that. The power of the gospel is amazing. Jesus did not come to condemn us, but to save us. He knows your name. He knows all about you. He knows your age and where you live. He he knows what you had for breakfast, and he knows what you're going to eat for lunch today. He knows what you're thinking at this very minute. He knows you individually as if you were the only person in the entire world. He died for you as if you were the only lost soul that needed to be rescued. He knows the worst about you, and yet he's the one that loves you the most. This world is going to hell, and you and I today have the answer. And Paul is saying that light is going to shine from me. Paul said, we have this ministry. That's my ministry, your ministry, the ministry of giving the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we can't quit. We can't fade. We have to be motivated by the mercy of Jesus in our lives. There are people in the Bronx, and I dare say here even in Durham, North Carolina, that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and certainly people all around the world. And that light needs to shine from us. Let's pray together today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gospel. Lord, I thank you for your incredibly amazing grace. I thank you, God, for saving me. Lord, I thank you for this church and their generosity and their their passion to, to get your gospel to the world. Lord, if there's somebody today that does not know you as Savior, may they call upon you as Savior. Lord, I pray each one of us would be motivated purely by your love and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. 
If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.